welcome to the Wilder Outdoors podcast, where you'll get the inspiration and information you need to have great outdoor adventures with your family. I'm Rob, your host. Let's get started. In today's episode, I chat with my friend, Steph Alcibar. And Steph is a fantastic mother, has been very successful professionally, but she and her husband do a really excellent job of getting their kids into the outdoors. And so today we chat about um, all things outdoors in their lives, but especially the national parks, how to get your kids outside, how to develop grit and resilience through the outdoors, and then a little bit about uh, something that maybe you haven't heard of before, but adventure racing. And that's something that Tom and Steph uh, do and that in some ways they're kind of preparing their kids for, which is really exciting to hear about. It's a great conversation and you won't want to miss it. Now, before we get started, a few housekeeping things. Please do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast. And if you like it at the end, leave it a good review. It helps me out. Also, if you are interested in outdoor and survival skills, uh, especially for your kids, but for your whole family, know that we have uh, an online academy called Wilder Outdoors Online Academy. And we give you access to all of our courses. Right now, there are seven that include practical knots for the outdoors, land navigation, firecraft, survival shelters, uh, lots more in there. You can have access to all of that for $20, plus you get access to me for support if you sign up now. It's a great deal, and it's uh, an extension of our very successful in-person classes that we've been teaching locally in the Twin Cities. And if you'd like to uh, learn more, go to www.wilderoutdooracademy.com. Again, that's wilderoutdooracademy.com. Hi, everyone. So today I have with me my friend Steph Alcivar, who is a fantastic mom, um, a very effective and well-loved business professional, but also an outdoor uh, adventure and enthusiast. And she's going to talk to us today about um, some of that, especially how we can get our kids uh, having family adventures with us, uh, specifically in the national parks, but she'll she'll share a lot of you know interesting stories, I'm sure, as we go through. So thanks, Steph, for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, um, Steph, for folks who don't know you, you know, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, I uh, I'm your next door neighbor, which uh, makes life very, very exciting and interesting. Um, I'm married to to Tom, who's been on the podcast before talking, I think, about mountain biking. And um, we have three wonderful boys, uh, ages 11, 7, and 9. And um, uh, yeah, we are, you know, we have a we live an active lifestyle we have ever uh you know ever since my husband and i met uh we you know we we started talking about the values that that we we wanted to have as a family and um you know uh health being active giving back to our communities uh uh etc and so um really really trying to to live that out uh away from the family. I, uh, I'm in aviation and aerospace consulting. I am a partner in a practice, uh, with a, with a national firm and, um, that keeps me busy, but, uh, it, it also, um, it, it, it promotes a work hard, play hard mentality. So that's about me. That's awesome. Now, 
you know, you, you mentioned that you, you work hard, play hard and stay active. And I think, you know, this summer alone, and we'll talk about, you know, what you've done in the past, but this summer alone, I know that you have taken several trips with your families, um, or sorry, not with your families, with, with, you know, Tom and the kids, uh, Mm -hmm. to not just national parks, but several parks around the country. Like these have been, um, very, very adventurous, big trips. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And, um, you know, we're, as I was kind of recalling the national parks that we've been to, and I, I think just one thing to, to point out with, with kids and, and taking them uh, into the outdoors, national parks are great and scenic and beautiful. They're also really crowded, m- many of them. And, and so I think there's a lot you can accomplish on your bucket list around getting kids outside into beautiful views into nature without without going to to national parks and I'll talk a little bit about that as well but we um one of our trips earlier this summer uh, a dear friend of mine was getting married and it, she lives out in Portland Oregon and she got married on Mount Hood on the mountain uh and so we planned a trip around going to that wedding and then uh and then doing a road trip down the the eastern sierras of california uh on the east side of yosemite and um and the uh, lake tahoe mammoth lakes and then and then ended up down in san diego to visit some some family there and and along the way we did a number of of outdoor activities whether it was was hiking on various mountains or um or swimming in lake tahoe uh we or and then swimming in the ocean uh down in san diego we we made sure that every stop was was a connection with nature and an, and an opportunity to get outside and get some exercise i love that and now you know i i know this about you for for folks who might not know steph is significantly stronger and faster than i you know could probably ever hope to be um but <laughs> like steph you're super fit right so um that didn't just happen yesterday tell folks a little bit about you know your your background with being active because it is so tied to how you guys get into the outdoors sure sure yeah i um I think it was just a long evolution. I I fell in love with the sport of swimming when I was about ten. My parents put me into into swim team after you know some successful lessons, and I I don't really I, I've tried to think about what it was. I don't really know what it was. It's the community. It's it was the um, the 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 pushing yourself for, for long periods of time, seeing improvements and continuing to kind of reach that next level, uh, was just, it was just a sport I really, really enjoyed. And then, um, as I, as I got older and, you know, swimming was still very much a part of my life, but, but other, you know, other priorities came into play. I was looking for other ways to stay fit and active and, um, you know, started, started running, started biking, uh, mainly as a way to get around or, or, you know, to get a workout in. And then, um, uh, when, when I met Tom, uh, we, we met 
doing, we, we met playing water polo. Uh, I, I saw him in the community. We, one time we did a triathlon, the same triathlon together. And after that, we started dating and then it became a thing. You know, we, we started to do triathlons. We did longer and longer adventure races together. And it, um, and, and it's always been something that's, that's just been, uh, extremely satisfying. Uh, it's, it's a, it, it's a way as a resilience builder, uh, and a way for us to challenge each other. And, and especially the ones that we do together or w- with a team, it's, it's a great way for, to, for you to really see your strengths emerge or somebody else's strengths when you're having difficulties and and it's a great way to it's it's humbling it allows you to lean on other people and it and it helps you understand how to do that um and so that that's just been kind of how uh you know we've it's 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 just kind of grown as a part of our life and now i can't imagine a, a life without that sort of activity now you you mentioned adventure races tell me a little bit about that sure so um, if you, when you hear adventure races, think map, compass, checkpoints, and multi-sport. So, so typically an adventure race, you will, you will be told, you, first of all, you'll, you'll learn what length distance or not, not distance, but what length of time you should expect it to take. Is this a, is this a six hour adventure race? Is this a 12 hour, 24, a seven day <laughs> I've not done a seven day. And, um, and then you will be told what equipment you need to be prepared to bring and that you need to know how to operate. And so um, is this adventure race going to require the use of a mountain bike, a kayak? Will kayaks be provided? Uh, climbing equipment? Um, uh, headlamps typically are a, are a, necess- a necessity. Compasses are typically a necessity. And then you, and then you get to the start of the race, you're handed your map and your, um, and where, all, and you know, uh, the, the checkpoints, you may have some clues around where the checkpoints are and you're off. And, um, and you, there's certain ones that are specified on foot. There's certain ones specified, you know, on bike. Some may be climbing and, and you, you just get all this information, you process it and then you plan out and then, and then execute your, your race. And you, and you're very typically doing that with a, with a team as well. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know you've had some, some crazy ones. Tell me about one of the more memorable races you've had. <laughs> uh, uh, which to pick, I think the, the one that comes to mind is, um, is one where we were in a team of four, I think, and it actually wasn't a terribly long one. So we weren't completely worn out, but um, we were cruising. We were, you know, there sometimes so, a lot of people like adventure racing because they, they think it's a break from the really, really high output racing. Um, and you can do it at a lower heart rate, you're conversational, but we were really pushing this one and, and um, maybe even gearing to, to win. And uh, we're we're on our bikes, we're in the woods, and we're getting ready. We knew we were almost done with the bike portion, and we came out of the woods into a into kind of a parking lot area. And uh, one of the members of the team 
uh, so I was third in line on the mountain bike. We're all in line. We're all riding fast. And, uh, the, the, the first person in line goes left. Tom, who's in front of me, goes right. I go straight as we're, as we get into this parking lot, but I end up running into the post that the two of them were avoiding. And, uh, (laughs) and so I, um, I hit the top of the, the six by six wood post with my chin and split it open and blood runs all down my shirt. Um, and I also run my, my handlebars into the, into the post. And I end up later finding out that I broke my pinky. So this is, this is where I get, where, you know, the, the psychology of adventure racing is really fun because, um, the first guy, Greg comes to my, comes to my bike and he starts triaging my bike. Tom comes to me and starts triaging me. Let's wrap up your chin. Let's make sure, like, make sure you're okay. Um, tape your fingers together. And, you know, are you okay to continue? Do we need to call medical for help? Probably the easiest way to get back is to keep doing the course. <laughs> and, and um, so, so through, you know, somebody coming together to, to fix my bike and, and somebody coming together to fix me, we, we regrouped and we, we kept going. And um, I just remember that the kayaking portion was next and kayaking with a broken pinky is one of the more excruciating things I've ever done. Uh, but, um, but it, it's, it's all part of the, it's all part of the adventure. There's a lot of adrenaline going through and, you know, at no time did I ever feel um, in danger. And, and I think, you know, if I, if I tie that, that, that back to going out with kids, um, clearly my husband and I will take a lot more risk uh, on ourselves when we go out and do, um, do an activity together. Um, to give one example, we, we were in Banff, a national park in Canada or provincial park in Canada. And we, um, we ended up going on a hike, uh, that was absolutely gorgeous. And, and we walked up to a mountain pass that was, that was just, uh, breathtaking and we wanted more. Um, and we, uh, we, we had to, you had to find partners to hike with because it was bear season and they, they required that you be in groups of at least four. And so, so we had found a, a couple and we were hiking with them and we ended up running into another group that was going another way, a longer way into a paintbrush canyon and, and beautiful, more beautiful scenery. And we thought, man, maybe we should maybe we should now transfer to, to this group, um, and, and do this longer hike. We know that we're not going to be back at our car when we finish this hike. This is not an out and back hike. This is a through hike. So we're going to have to figure out how to get back to our car. Um, but let's keep going because we don't want to stop. And so, so we ended up getting with another group and, and doing a really, really beautiful long hike, um, and, you know, kind of depleting our water supply, but, but kind of knowing that we were walking a, a line that we were able to manage. Uh, we get to the end of that hike and, um, and now it's six miles back to our car on the road. So, you know, we said, well, 
why don't we start jogging <laughs> jogging back and <laughs> we made it about halfway to our car uh we're able to hitch a ride the the last um the last three miles i think we could have still run the last three miles but um some some staff members at a lodge where we had ended up parking picked us up and uh and and took us the rest of the way but um you know that's something that we're not going to put our kids in that situation. If there's, if something went wrong with one of us, we knew we'd be able to handle it. If something went wrong with one of us while we had our kids in tow, that's irresponsible. And so, and so that's, um, you know, something that we've um, really been mindful about, about dialing back and walking a line of, we're going to not put our, we might put a kid, our kids in a situation that's very challenging for them. We are not going to put our kids in a situation that's very challenging for us at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you gauge, you know, where, where the line is, right? That's, (laughs) uh, but I, um, I tend to be a sensing person, so I don't have a big flow chart for that. Um, And I, and I'm often making gut decisions that I've, I've grown to really rely on my gut. Uh, my husband, Tom, tends to be a um, a planner. And so he, you know, when we're going to go uh, into a scenario with our with our kids, he will plan out to the nth degree every contingency and plan for every contingency. Um, and you know and and that that approach works. Um, as does the the sensing approach as long as you're you know you're willing to kind of cut off plans when you haven't when you know that you know you don't have some alternate scenarios to uh to fall back on um and so i guess i guess to give an example um we do you know we'll we'll take our kids out for you know for hikes or bike ride and they'll be having a great time and they um, you know, we'll, we'll just keep going because they're having such a good time and, and we're so impressed with how well they're holding up. Um, and then we get to the point where we're like, okay, well, why don't we turn around and go back? And then the wheels fall off the cart and um, they, you know, I'm so tired. I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we know we'll get back, but it might be that we have to walk you know they have to be on our back or we're walking their bike while they're while they're picking flowers on the side of the road or you know what have you and um but if i've i've talked to my husband about if you put if you add cold weather into that equation um i i get i have to manage Mm -hmm. myself when it's cold because i get dangerously cold very easily and so so we will not do that sort of thing and put ourselves in a situation where we're, um, you know, where we're going beyond, you know, the limits of our kids in the winter, because I will have to start managing myself and therefore I can't manage the kids. So, so that's, that's an example of, of something where we're, you know, we're not going to venture out knowing that we have our own limits um, in, you know, in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so everybody knows, you know, Steph, Tom, my wife and I all live in, in Minnesota. So, um, cold in winter is, is like real, you know, <laughs> um, it's, uh, I'm, 
I'm recording this from Florida right now, which is uh, a very different different experience. But uh, yeah, so when you know when Steph talks about danger in the cold, she's she's not joking. Um, yeah, you know, M- Michelle and I have that that same conversation. The the way I usually think of it is just Michelle is the gas and and I'm the brakes uh, because she is mm. she is genuinely more adventurous than I am, which a lot of times will like seed really great ideas. Um, I think I'm probably a little closer to Tom, but what I, I tend to do is think through, um, just everything that can go wrong and sort of gauge how likely that is and whether or not we can handle it. (laughs) And then that's, that's where we go. And every once in a while, Michelle wins out, even if I have a really good argument. Um, and it (laughs) usually leads to a really great experience. I can only think of a handful where it didn't, um, so yeah, so Steph, I mean, we've we've talked about your your love for physical activity, right? Um, your love for adventure. Uh, clearly, you have a lot of grit, um, but your relationship with the outdoors is sort of a piece that always intersects with this. When did you start like really engaging with the outdoors? Um, it's a it's a good question. I think I've always um been i I, i've always engaged with the outdoors i think my dad is probably uh you know my my earliest memories of truly appreciating the outdoors is probably from my dad and it's not and it wasn't simply the outdoors i think he just fostered a sense of wonder and curiosity uh that that you know, absolutely applies to the outdoors. He's always the guy who wants to take the scenic route home or the the guy who said, why don't we go check this out, you know? And, and so it's this, it's nature is, is abound with, with things you can be curious about and you can go check out. And so I think, um, I, I think I learned that from my dad and then, um, uh, the, you know, the, the, the notion that, that you'll read about now about how, you know, a 10 minutes of sunlight can, can, you know, lower your cortisol levels or, or what have you like, and that just, I can feel it. And I always have been able to. And so I get, I get a little bit, um, it's similar to needing to know where my next meal is coming from and getting really anxious if I don't have that planned out. Um, I need to be able to be outside and, um, and, and in the fresh air. And so that's just, just always something that's, that's been really apparent to me. That's awesome. And so now, I mean, you had these two things, right? You had a life in the outdoors and you have a life of, of racing and, you know, fitness activities. What happened when you had kids? What was that like? Yeah. Um, so I think I was probably pretty well prepared based on a lot of other people's learnings and warnings about like, your life is going to completely change and it's not about you anymore. And, um, and you know, you're not going to be able to do the things that just you want to do anymore. And okay. Um, but, but Tom and I had some really, um, uh, valuable conversations before having kids about what we wanted to retain as a, as a family. And, um, and we, 
we moved into our house in 2009. We had, we had Cal in our first, uh, in 2012. And, and in 2009, we started hosting, uh, Saturday morning hill runs and waffles. And <laughs> it, it, you know, we brought people in from, from all over the, the metro area. Uh, they would come over to our house. We would go find a big hill to, to run around and, and then come back and kind of break bread together and and um, and have waffles and so we it was just such a such a great community event uh, that you know people people coming together being healthy having a mutual enjoyment in nature uh, and and those people started having kids and they started bringing their kids along and it worked out really well because we were in a central location. Kids could be in strollers. Kids could be out crawling. There's always an adult around to be able to to look after them. And so, so in our view, like we weren't going to change our lifestyle when we had kids. They were just going to come along with us. And so, you know, equipping ourselves with a stroller that could do the things we want to do. We have a stroller with wheels. We have a stroller with skis. We have a stroller with a, you know, a rickshaw attachment, one that can attach to the bike. And so the you know the kids just um, the kids cross country skied with me in utero. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's, you have to be okay with modifying scaling back, but you can absolutely still do all of the things that, that you wanted to do. And so I think, um, our, our life didn't change much in the aspect of this is, this is what we value. This is what we like to do. Maybe the scale of doing it and the fact that the, the challenge, the challenge is still there for us, but it's different. Um, it's, you know, it, it's not about how much can we accomplish or how far can we push ourselves? It's, um, you know, how can we make this an enjoyable experience for our kids? How can we push our kids past a little bit of adversity? How, you know, how can, how can we, we get them to appreciate it? And, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, as I think about one of the things that you do so very well, that's a challenge for a lot of folks, myself included, is you are able to bring the kids along into the outdoors, which is something you enjoy, and then get them to do something with you that you also enjoy, right? <laughs> it's it's not like you're, uh, you know, I think one of the challenges I, I have as a parent is like, sometimes it's good to sit down with my kids and make Legos with them. And I have yeah. no desire to do that. But what part of what you guys do when you're outdoors is you get your kids doing the stuff you like and you do it with them. How, how do you do that? You know, it's, um, uh, as they're getting older, they all have their personalities. They all have the things that they like to do and and don't like to do. And, um, and I think that every time you go out, you have to find a mix of something they really like to do. And, and you can still mix in maybe something that they'll, they'll tolerate as long as it includes something they like to do. Um, my, my middle child, um, is, is getting really good at refusing flat out. And, and even if it's going to be fun, or even if I know that he's going to have a good time, there's, you know, there's some, he's exercising some level of power, autonomy, agency, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, sometimes 
that's the okay answer is is okay it's not it's not happening today that's that's fine but um when i think about you know there there's still plenty of things in the outdoors my kids love to do one thing rocks <laughs> um i it we so and i'll talk about the national parks i'll talk about yosemite uh, we were hiking on a beautiful trail, I uh, believe it was Glacier Point. It basically gets you up to a beautiful view of a half dome. Uh, it, was a, it was a trail in the forest. We saw bear, we saw um, other wildlife, the trees were giant. And my kids, every single one of them beat red faces. I'm so tired, I wanna be done. And, and, um, and so it was not the most pleasant hike, um, until we got above the tree line. We, so, so what we did until then was a combination of carrying, handholding, letting them complain, telling them to stop complaining, giving them food, anything we could do to keep them moving forward. Um, and as soon as they we got above the tree line, the dirt turned to granite, and there was no trail. It was completely technical. It was difficult for many adults who were out there. They just started scrambling up the rocks as if they had all the energy in the world and um and loved it and so and so you know, we made note, okay, hey, maybe we should do. Zion next or someplace where it's almost all rock and um and so you know finding finding things that they like to do in combination with a little bit of suffering <laughs> uh is a is a great way for them to continue to appreciate it while building some stamina because some of it is just stamina uh hikes can be boring <laughs> there's only so much kids can appreciate a view and and so you have to find ways to let them be bored for a while and then find something that really holds their attention and let it hold their attention. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you just listed off like at least three national parks in the conversation. I think we're probably at, I think somewhere around five. How many national parks have you been to with kids? You know, I was trying to, I was trying to count. Um, I, I don't think it's that many we've been to, Yosemite, Glacier, Grand Teton, um, Shenandoah, Great Snow Smoky Mountains, um, Isle Royal with one of our kids. So for um, this is a, a as as Rob said, we're all from Minnesota. We um, the Isle Royal is in Lake Superior, and <laughs> it's the smallest national park, I believe, but and and one of the least traveled national parks but the it's got the most repeat travelers so people who go to isle royal go back and um and it's my only my oldest has been there and it's a lot of backpacking and camping and and you could do kayaking as well um but that requires either a boat trip out there or a or a plane ride out there so if it's um you know, from a from a remote standpoint and a and a low traffic national park, that's one of my favorites. But I, I think that's it. And and then it's you know lots of national forests and and state parks all over Minnesota and things like that. Okay, 
And you were just in South Dakota, right? Yes, yes. The Black Hills, Custer National Park, or I'm sorry, Custer State Park, uh, Needles Highway. And, and Sylvan Lake is, a, is an area that I will say is uh, really good for my kids in, uh, in particular. They love rocks and they love water. So if you've ever seen National Treasure 2, the, there's a <laughs> there's a uh, a scene with, with Sylvan Lake in it. And it's just this kind of otherworldly rock formations and a beautiful lake. And uh and I think my kids get as much hiking simply playing around on those rocks as you would on a you know on a long hike. And um, combining swimming with climbing on rock is, is they could spend an entire day there. So um, that was that was one of the things we did in the Black Hills. But that's that's one of our favorite places. It's it's super accessible. Um, it, there's lots of different places to explore, different views to take in, different different hikes or bikes to do. Um, and yeah, we did it all: hiking, biking, fishing, swimming. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, I mean, you say it's not that many, you listed a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, for Michelle and I, our kids are six, five and, and three right now. We just took our first um, national park road trip uh, earlier in the summer. And it, it, it was less intimidating because we had some friends um, you guys being some of them, who who gave us some tips and tricks for making it work, right? What would you say are some of the things you've learned along the way that make that not just possible but easy? Um, easy. I don't. I don't know that you should ever think uh, that anybody should ever think of it as easy because, like, just parenting in general is not. <laughs> um, mm. and so there's there's always, um, there's always some level of adversity, but. I think you can be at home and a kid is having trouble or you can be out in nature and they're going to, they're going to have the same trouble. So, so in my mind, you might as well be out doing the fun thing, even if there's some level of, of crying or, um, or, or disengagement or, or what have you. Um, And, and I think, you know, I, I think the adversity part is, actually important um you know you don't want to make it too easy for for the kids like that to me that isn't some adversity is okay and um uh but as far as as far as like how do how do you as parents kind of overcome this hump of oh man like I, I can't even begin to imagine planning a trip like that much less like getting in the middle of it and then and then you know trying to figure out what to do um i think i i, I think the best advice is probably start small um potentially even travel with a family that's that's done it before so that you uh that you can kind of see how how they're handling certain situations or, or modeling certain situations. And then, and then you, you learn and you, you iterate, but, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not unlike going on any other trip, except that you're outside more. And, and there's, 
there's there's not much extra that you that you really need but you absolutely will start to figure out Oh man, it would have been nice if we had brought this. Oh, if we had, you know, if we we had added a hammock to the to the you know campsite we were staying at, or um, brought more camp chairs, or or you know what have you. Those those things all make it maybe make it more pleasant. But honestly, it's more the parents notice that sort of thing more than the kids do. I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I think for us, after we got through that trip, it was so worth it because we saw so many wonderful things with our kids and, and Mm -hmm. we were so connected and we saw our kids do things that they hadn't done. Um, You know, I'm, I'm curious for you, what benefits have you seen these kinds of experiences have for your family? Yeah, they, um, I get, I, I always get so excited when I hear my kids say, look at that beautiful view. And <laughs> because, because to some extent, before they can really communicate or before they really become their own person, um, they, you know, they're thinking of themselves or they're thinking about the, the rock or the stick in front of them. And, and so when you, when they pull up and all of a sudden have an appreciation for this this vast beauty or something that's so much bigger than themselves, I, it's it's really exciting. Um, and and you do see the um, the the stamina being built, and and that maybe doesn't sound terribly exciting <laughs> that that you know they're they're building stamina, but. There is something about um, seeing a kid be uncomfortable and and gritting it out that's uh, without just, you know, complaining at the first sign of discomfort. That's like they are growing and and you can and you can see it. Um, And so I, I think that's something that's that's been really exciting. I will say that just because you see that demonstrated one time you shouldn't expect that all times <laughs> uh, we were we were recently in duluth and my my youngest who's he's like he's i said he was seven he's six almost seven he has done he's learned how to do things so much earlier than his brothers because he's got his brothers to follow as a model as a model so he learned to ride a bike when he was three and he's been mountain biking ever since he learned how to ride. And we were, we were in Duluth up on spirit mountain. So it's a very hilly mountain bike course. And, and we were going down, down, down and having a great time. Little did we didn't maybe set the expectation as clearly that, well, what goes down must come up. You're going to have to ride all the way back up. And, um, and he, you know, he, he started and then got frustrated and then got frustrated again. And by that time he attempted to throw his bike, which is heavier than, you know, Tom's or my bike, because it's a, it's a cheap kid's bike. He can't throw it. So he gets even more frustrated. And so we end up walking the entire way back up the hill and, um, and in some ways it was a setback from where he's been and what I know he can do. But in other ways, like 
he well when we got to the top he was picking flowers chit-chatting and in reality he didn't need to do that hill like that it it wasn't his time to do it and he you know he overcame his attitude problem and um and it was it unfolded the way it needed to unfold and it all was fine and so you know i tom and i reflected on that and reflected on maybe some of our frustrations during that and said you know that the the goal is not always the goal we think it's going to be at the beginning it you know the the ability for us to adjust to what the kids need to push but then to relent and allow you know allow the, the our child to do what they need to do um and to and to navigate that line is is really where you know where the the both we're growing as parents and they're growing as kids oh, that's wonderful yeah i am um, yeah. i guess i'd never thought about the resilience part of it um but you're you're absolutely right i mean i can think about so many kids um you know i've i've spent m- almost all of my adult life taking kids out into the woods and there's sort of a point where the the amount of adventure that they they need to like match their age um and the mm-hmm. amount of grit they need starts to to really rise and and if they haven't developed that i mean it can be really hard to get kids out. But I think I see that in your kids and and I'm starting to see it in ours, um, that like you can start that grit development young Mm -hmm. and, uh, and see it. So it's, it's great to hear you put words to something that I think I've been, been noticing, but never, never really, uh, been able to articulate. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And, and I know that you, uh, I mean, a, a lot of, of what you're doing is, is, also exploring how that translates into other aspects of of your life but i mean to me that's like the key leadership skill um in in uh to developing kids is is resilience like you're gonna get shot down in things you're gonna get you're gonna fail you're gonna be denied and your ability to continue to pick yourself up and and try again like that's that's such a such a life skill oh that's awesome yeah. All right. Well, Steph, we need a we need to open a school of uh, outdoor MBA training. <laughs> I, I am in. I am I in. There's there's oh, yeah. something there. So, Steph, we're um you know we're we're running up towards the end of our time. This has been so good. Um, you know, so for folks who may be thinking of doing their first, uh, you know, we we don't even call them national parks, but big big park adventure. Uh, what would you say is great for a beginner and what would you say should be on people's bucket lists? What park? Yeah. Are you you know, places, places to go. You know, I think, um, I, I would not coin myself as the national park expert, but I recently visited Zion national park and was impressed at how accessible it is. And, and my, my advice would be to go 
in the in the spring or in the fall when it's not quite as crowded or quite as quite as hot but um but i think that it's very doable for a beginner because of the variety of hikes and how how accessible it is there's a shuttle that that gets you to all the different areas of the park and um and I don't think it's just my kids who get excited about climbing on rocks. I think that that's probably a lot of kids. And so if, if the, there's, there's beginners whose kids maybe aren't sold on, let's go for a long hike or um, let's go walk in the woods. Um, the, it doesn't take much to get to a beautiful view and there's lots of little little inlets and outlets for for kids to to climb around and and it's basically like a big playground so so i would say national park number one um as far as bucket lists that's a that's a hard one my my favorite in the u.s so far is probably glacier Glacier is very crowded, and so you have to be really discerning about when you go. But um, you can, I, I mean, the majesty of it and the ability to show your kids, you know, how how big the world is. And, uh, and you're going to get to see snow. You're going to get to see flowers. You're going to get to see... Um, you know, drought. There, like you get, you get every every climate in there as well. So I think I would say that's that's bucket list. But um, you know, if you're if you can get to the point where you're you're being pretty ambitious with your kids and they're willing to take on more, you can really see a lot of the park. That's awesome. Well, we'll have to add those to our list for next year, um, or maybe the next few years coming up. But Steph, this and I been... will leave you. Can I leave you with one bit of advice? Um, uh, so, you know, I mentioned planning and being prepared. One of the things when you're on your hikes is packing enough water, your kids will inevitably drink all your water or dump it out. And so you will have a hike where you, uh, run out of water. (laughs) Celery. (laughs) Celery is a great backup that keep kids busy, give them a little bit of liquid so they don't get dry mouth and, um, and we'll, we'll get them that, that last bit through the hike once they've gone through their water. So that's the, the advice, the, the tidbit of advice <laughs> I'll leave you with. I love it. That is worth, uh, well, hopefully people aren't paying for this, but if they did, they would have just gotten their money's worth. So <laughs> Steph, that's awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. It has been. Thanks for inviting me on.